amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. My name is Baba Wesley Gray, and I welcome you to Grassroots Holistic Health Talk Radio Show. I'm here with you this evening with my lovely wife, Dr. Dora Gray, who is co-hosting with me as we discuss mental health, self-medicating with alcohol and other substance um, drugs, and also the option of using meditation and prayer. about sharing our thoughts with you regarding the above-mentioned um, topic of our discussion, because many in our community have been challenged, have been challenged rather, with mental disorders such as depression, anxiety, and rage, and anger, and even some of us have had uh, some, at some point suicidal tendencies, whether it be overt or passive. And uh, this has been a, an ongoing situation that has been exacerbated by um, uh, this past year's challenge with the pandemic, also known as COVID-19. So we will be discussing that, but I must say, though, perhaps this show is going to be a, somewhat abbreviated because uh, I just had an epiphany earlier this evening uh, that, or should I say this afternoon, that indeed we need to delve into our tradition, as it were, as it uh, started within the healthy communities and village, villages within, uh, within Africa. Uh, our ancestors had a particular way of life which was congruent with nature, which was conducive to us having a healthy family. Indeed, it was conducive to us giving birth to children who were given a, a, a head start in terms of being able to navigate the, uh, the, the, the journey as, as a soul returning to the earth school. So I'm very excited about uh, delving into this area of consciousness because I think with, once we have an understanding of this, uh, this unique uh, ideation, this unique concept of community and family, I think we can more uh, effectively address the challenges that we have as it pertains to the, to the pandemic. I won't continue. I would like to start off also by giving acknowledgement to the Most High, uh, to our ancestors, and I just would like to say a, a brief prayer, and that may we not be tempted to stray from love. And as we begin this, uh, this talk, uh, we just open ourselves to receive you, 
you're the, the most high, and we ask that indeed you enter where you already abide. And may our minds and hearts be pure and true, and may we not deviate from the things of goodness. And may we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks that we all wear, and also, of course, the illusions of this worldly plane. So, O oh Lord, we surrender our doings to you this evening, and uh, what comes out of our mouths, we ask only that they serve you and our community and the healing of the world. Thank you, and so it is. I'd like to welcome my, my wife, Dr. Dora Gray. How are you doing, hon? I'm doing great. Good evening, everyone. I'm glad you were able to join us. And I bring you greetings from Dora Gray Ministries in Brooklyn, New York. And we're an interfaith ministry where our goal is to assist you in healing mind, body, and soul. So yes. thank you for joining us. And uh, may we be a blessing to you this evening. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in the sight of the one most high God. Blessings. Wonderful. Blessings. Yes, we're both interfaith ministers and also pranic killers, Reiki practitioners, and we delve within the area of herb, herbology and a number of other things which pertain to us having a healthy lifestyle, mind, body, and spirit. Um, indeed, we on our last show, we, we delved into uh, the area of, of the pandemic. But this evening, I'd like to really talk about what it takes to have a, a healthy community. Uh, one of the things that I'd like to share with you is a, a statement which was made by a brother by the name of George Benjamin, Georges Benjamin, who is the executive director of the American Public Health Association. And he states that our material disease is holding persistently to the belief in our total independence. And he says that this is ironic because although a certain amount of free will is the birthright of all human beings, we are not really free. Our minds, indeed, are controlled. And every time we turn on the television, listen to the radio, read the newspaper, or interact with social institutions, we are being programmed. And we must be careful not to adopt the bad habits of others around us. For example, we may easily become distracted by sense gratification if we are surrounded by people who indulge their senses regularly. Or we may become self-centered and taking care of ourselves to the exclusion of anyone else, again, following the poor example of those around us. We will talk about the passive access of uh, aspects, rather, of self-quarantine and why it is important to wear a mask and practice social distancing and how a plant-based living, as opposed to a diet, along with exercise and having eight hours of sleep can be your best line of defense. And we must always consider who is most at risk, what works to boost your immune system, and for a whole host of economic, political, and historical reasons. Uh, we will also discuss in this show and following shows what uh, has impacted the uh, African community, African-American community, and, and that we fundamentally do not trust uh, the, the institutions, uh, the health institutions to serve as well. 
one of the biggest challenges is the fact that people of color and African Americans start out with their health outcomes that are disproportionately poor when compared to white Americans. And everyone obviously goes back to the Tuskegee experiment. So I'd like to touch upon that briefly, but I, I want to delve into an area which uh, uh, we had uh, a brother from uh, Bakuna Faso, uh, Dr. Um, uh, Maladomi Somme, and he spent some time with us, and we were really blessed to have him in our presence and uh, learned quite a bit. And, and I know that, indeed, when I speak with him again uh, with the Most High, uh, with God willing, that indeed we can continue our discussion. I haven't spoken to him in a number of years. Um, I think we interviewed him the last time was in 2010. So that's quite a while, but he's doing well. And my thinking of him earlier this afternoon uh, had me think of his ex-wife, uh, Sambofu uh, Somi. And she has a few books out. And one of the books that I read and, and it really uh, had a, a large impact upon me, was when she was talking about the, the habits of, uh, of the, her community uh, when she grew up in Africa in the Dakara uh, village. And she just touched upon that the heart of a healthy community lies in the importance of spirit, elders, children, ritual, gift-giving, ancestors, and the responsibility and accountability of those in the village to have that at the top of their mind. Also stating that these fundamentals must be understood and valued and that they must be fit and balanced for the well-being of the community. She also stated that in Africa it is known that the elders are the vision and wisdom keepers and that the children ensure the survival of the village and tribe and rituals that feed the soul. So I just want to uh, start off with that thought and for you to uh, digest those words. And I, at this point, I must also say that normally we have people call into the show, but we've had some technical difficulty. So this show is being recorded, and I will be posting it on, on Facebook and other social media. So uh, basically, the chat room is open, may be uh, uh, tuning in on online via Facebook and any other social media, please feel free to call in at 516-418-5829. Again, that's 516-418-5829. Um, what I was mentioning earlier in terms of the importance of the elders and children in the community of uh, Sister uh, Nana Sambofu, Somme. She states that welcoming spirit home gives us rituals to ponder that make sense. She also describes them vividly so that we might make use of them in creating meaningful rituals of our own. And I think this time cannot be more of a profound and appropriate time for us to uh, the word Sankofa, to look back to our traditions that were uh, beneficial to us as a people, as a village, as a community. Because 
Sister Sambofu, she makes clear the practical importance of ritual to our daily lives, and that in, involves meditation and prayer, uh, regardless of your orientation, your religious orientation, and spiritual journey. She especially also uh, emphasizes the importance of rearing a child with that in mind. So, as I was mentioning earlier, we would like to just have an open discussion. And, and hun, based on what I just shared, I know that um, you've been making prayer a, a major part of your ministry. What do you have to say in terms of that uh, being part of your ministry and, and the importance of that? And so prayer is something that not only I believe should be incorporated into everyone's daily lives, but those great spiritual teachers and spiritual masters always advocated for the daily practice of prayer. And so there are many spiritual orientations. However, prayer is something that's common amongst all of them. And what I would like to suggest is keeping your prayers simple. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have to be extreme or, and, and I'm not saying that that's wrong, I'm just saying that when you talk with God, and I'm going to add an aside to that, that God is within all of us. So when you talk to God, that's also similar to going within and doing a meditation. And so it should be simple. Your prayers should express, they should come from your heart, and they should express those things that you know through faith that God is capable of doing. So, for example, the indwelling God, the I am, if you have a situation where you had a circumstance, an adverse circumstance at your job, when I say let your prayer be simple and let it be grounded as part of knowing that the one most high God is indwelling within you, your prayer might look look something like this. I believe that God dwells within me, and I know that God is the source of my supply, and God meets every one of my needs. And so whatever circumstances may have befallen me today, I know that everything is in divine order and in perfect will and that I will that I will continue to be an abundant source and I will continue to be a reflection of the good that God has in all of us. That's a simple prayer. Um you don't have to you don't have to beg and you don't have to say please take this away from me or You know, those of you who um, ascribe to the Christian religion, you know that Yeshua, that, that Jesus, he took all that from you on the cross. You don't have to do that. 
your your work now is recognizing, knowing, knowing that God dwells within you. God is perfect, so you have a source. You have a source and a force, a force of nature that lives within you. Mm-hmm. How could you be denied anything? And so scripture says that the devil, also called Satan, comes to steal and destroy. Yeshua said that he came so that we'd have life and have it more abundantly. And so when you look at the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's God, right? God is indwelling in you. God is not going to withhold anything good from you. But sometimes what happens is we look at the external circumstances and we become fearful. Fear is something that can cripple your thought process. Mm -hmm. It can cause you to forget not only who you are, but it can cause you to forget that the source, the I am, dwells within you. And so your circumstances can be created by those fearful thoughts. Many people have written books about the power of the subconscious mind. Uh, Joseph Murphy is one of the great um, spiritual teachers from the late um, 19th century, I believe. We have Emmett Fox. We've got Ernest Holmes. There's like a plethora. And, and, you know, to put it in lay people's terms, word on the street is thoughts create things. One of the latter um, spiritual teachers that I learned of from my husband years ago, we used to subscribe to a website where um, it was called Tut, and it was Notes from the Universe. Mike Dooley. A man by the name of Mike Dooley, that was his word. And every day, uh, Mike Dooley, was, if you were a subscriber, you would get an email with a note from the universe, and they were positive notes that talked about how God is working on your behalf, how you are a wonderful person, how you are a child of the Spirit, how nothing can stand in your way despite roadblocks. You know, there, there will be bumps in the road. There will be bumps in the road because we don't live in a perfect world. But when you have your, I'll call it right now, ritual of prayer that you practice, you will be triumphant. You see, what happens, what happens sometimes is we get caught up in these earthly illusions and we forget that we should be praying daily. Now, the Bible actually says you should pray without ceasing. You yep, pray absolutely. all the time, right? Absolutely. But we forget sometimes and we get caught up in earthly matters. Now, here's the thing. If you pray just when crisis hits, should you be surprised if your prayer is not answered promptly the way you would like it to? If you pray on a daily basis and that make and make that part of your your daily habit, when crisis hits, what frame of mind do you think you'd be in then? You would be talking to God in a calm, assured manner, knowing who you are, who your creator is, and how things are going to end up. 
If you pray once in a while and then something happens in your life that's adverse, you're frantic. Famous expression, oh, my God, right? That's how you react. You freak out, right? So when we talk about prayer and ritual, try to do it daily. We all have responsibilities. We all have things to do. Many of us are caretakers um, for young children, sometimes we're caretakers for adults, right? And we're caretakers for the elderly. We have jobs to go to. We have responsibilities. Sometimes we might not feel well ourselves. But there's nothing stopping you from every morning when you open your eyes to just say a praise to the one who created you, to the source, to that indwelling spirit within you. You are within God. God is within you. Absolutely. We are one. We're connected to those who are around us. We're connected to everything. So when you awaken, that's why I say keep it simple so you won't feel overwhelmed and so that you'll be able to do it every day. Now, if you want to get down on your knees and pray for two or three hours and you have time, that's wonderful. But I'm saying that's not necessary. I don't want to put that out that that's what everyone should do because right then and there, if someone doesn't have time to do lengthy prayers, they're going to feel like they're a failure, and that's not so because there is no failure according to the I am, according to the Most High God. So those are just some thoughts that I wanted to express about prayer. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Very, very profound. Yes, there is no, no failure. Life is all about experiences. Uh, I use that uh, when I talk about chess. Uh, we live in a Western society where there's either a winner or a loser. And uh, games like chess, which is a very competitive sport, uh, we we tend to feel that if you lose, that, oh, you know, you're defeated. But if you approach it from the uh, perspective such as life, that either you win Oh, you learn. There is no losing. You know, you just have an experience which you've learned um, moves to make and what not to make. And such as in life, uh, Sambofu, Somi, she speaks about that in so many ways. And I'm happy that you touched about that, uh, touched upon that, hon. That indeed, uh, and let me back up also what came to my mind when you were speaking, the word uh, namaste. There are certain parts of the community of the world, rather, where communities greet each other with the expression, and this is in India, uh, there's other comparable words, but they say namaste to another person when they greet them. And also, I've learned that this is in the mindset. When you look at another person, you connect knowing that, indeed, that person uh, has the same energy, the same, the same uh, grace that you have. You don't look at them as being below you or above you. You know, you respect their divinity. And we've had the uh, unfortunate experience, those of us who live in the Western community, uh, the Western Hemisphere, that we are uh, conditioned to think that, indeed, either you're lower or you're better than someone. Uh, you have either more than someone has or less than someone has. That's all relative. We, we have to come to the mindset. And I think that the pandemic is something that's actually uh, allowing this concept to take root and that we need to help one another 
that we are truly interdependent upon one another for our survival. So, Sambofu stresses the fact that when a community comes together and practices certain rituals in their daily lives, especially uh, when it comes to uh, giving birth to a child and raising that child, that the book focuses on living deeply connected to your body, mind, the earth, and our ancestors, as well as the Most High. Uh, she discusses birth not as a nine-month medical process that culminates with the severing of the umbilical cord, but as a healthy and vital process beginning before physical conception and continuing long after the delivery. Uh, it is not to be feared, but respected and and entered into with optimism and a profound trust in this process. The uh, Dagara people considered a baby soul makes a conscious choice to enter the world in a body and to become a particular mother to a particular mother and father. She states also that pregnancy should be seen as the inauguration of an important person and that you prepare uh, the, the home to receive that soul. So there's a lot to say, as, as Dr. Dora was mentioning, uh, the fact that indeed you conduct your life as if you're in a constant state of prayer um, as much as you possibly can, not just for special occasions, not when you're in trouble, when you have a distressful situation, but make that be your everyday um, mode of consciousness and thought, and you find that indeed when you are challenged that you're able to uh, manage those those challenges more more uh, effectively with less stress and apprehension. Uh, we're going to take a short break right now, and I want to thank you, those of you who, who tune in, uh, for giving your time, sharing your time with us this evening. And, of course, this show will be archived, and those who are listening, if you're listening on uh, the social networks, uh, the calling number is 516-418-5829. Again, that's 516-418-5829. And the name of the show is Grassroots Holistic Health Talk Radio. back in. Again, uh, I'm your host, Barbara Wesley Gray, with my wife, Dr. Dora Gray, uh, speaking with you about the challenges of uh, not su uh, submitting to self-medication uh, during this pandemic and embracing uh, a, a, health, uh, a healthy diet and also uh, exercise and meditation and prayer. Indeed, uh, going back to the thoughts of, of Sister Nana Sombofu, 
most of us would go through a lot of trouble to clean or relocate our homes in an attempt to make them beautiful if we were told that someone important was coming to the home. But we must have our home in such a place. There's this word called feng shui, and I know many of us are challenged to maintain your home with a certain amount of order uh, so that indeed it is clean and orderly and, and balanced, as it were. And we tend to do this when uh, we know that a child is about to be born and we want to bring that child, uh, that baby, into a home that is comfortable as much as possible. Uh, we should do that or during our life. And uh, I think that that's one of the things that we're being forced to do during this pandemic because most of us are, uh, what's the word, uh, in quarantine? Is that the word, honey? Well, we're not all necessarily quarantined, but we were told to shelter in place. Shelter in place. Because those who are quarantined, it's because they either contracted Mm -hmm. the virus or they were in close contact with someone who was known to have contracted it, and they want to make sure that if they're asymptomatic, that they don't spread that virus to others. Absolutely. But, you, you know, but in talking about um, cleaning the home and environments to bring a child into. And uh, I'm looking at that from a spiritual aspect, and I'm also looking at it from a mental health aspect mm-hmm. because I notice from work that I've done when visiting homes, many people who are depressed, their homes are in disarray. That's a telltale sign. Absolutely. Um, if you look at the um, the DSM manual, uh, depression is listed under you know as a mm-hmm. as a diagnosed mental health condition. Mm-hmm. Um, many times when people think of someone with mental health issues, their their minds many times automatically go to the extreme. You know, they they envision someone picking up furniture and throwing it across the room, and, you know, they might be violent or they might be sullen and withdrawn, sitting in the corner, facing the wall in fetal position or something something to that effect. But there are, you know, I, I submit that there are many people who are depressed and they're seemingly functional, and that's that's something that, we should be aware of because when we pray, many times those people who are functional with their depression tend to get overlooked. Mm-hmm. Many people tend to pray regarding the extreme. Right. But there's a multitude of people as a result of the pandemic. First of all, many of them are alone, mm-hmm. whereby they would not have been alone but they know that it's not safe to maybe have their their boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, their sweetheart come over or, you know, those types of things that they had to stop. Their friends that they might have associated with on the weekend, going bowling or just, you know, socializing at, you know, at the favorite restaurant or, you know, activities like going shopping with your female friends or whatever, those things were stopped in their tracks. And I'm not saying people aren't doing it, but... You know, I I like to just adhere to what 
what the scientists and the people at the uh, CDC say. Right. So I'm, you know, I'm pretty much not going out. I don't see my friends, blah, blah. You know, I thank God that you and I live together because I would, I would be sitting here alone. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be depressed because, you know, I, I would be calling people and Zooming and talking and interacting and, you know, and doing what I do. But not everybody is like that, right. especially someone who is overly gregarious and used to really having people around them all the time. This can be really difficult for Absolutely. them. And so we want to lift them up. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, again, when we, you know, I bring everything back to prayer, I, I say that all conditions have a spiritual base to them. And so those who are depressed, those who are lonely, those who are grieving because they might have lost a loved one but can't even have a proper funeral service for them. Many people, you know, the the list is so long, I, you know, we we would um, have to have a, a very long show to even describe every every um, condition, but there is just massive loss at this time right now. And so the element of prayer, learn how to pray. If you don't know how to pray, that's all right. Find a friend or someone who who does know how to pray, give them a call and say, would you pray with me? Mm have a ministry here through Dora, a prayer ministry through Dora Gray Ministry. If you would like to pray with me or if you want me to just pray for you, that's fine. Send me an email, Ministries at gmail.com. And Dora is spelled D-O-R-A, Gray is G-R-A-Y. Ministries at gmail.com. Prayer requests are responded to promptly. So I just I just wanted to talk about that because when you talked about how people prepare their home for a guest and you know scripture says know ye that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit our yes. bodies are temples absolutely and so priority many of us not as a criticism just as an observation right not as a criticism mm-hmm. because we don't judge anyone here. But many of us are not aware that your body, your temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit, it's more important to have that cleansed than to make sure you have all your items picked up off the floor and put in the drawers and hid away and everything. That's important, yes. But what can actually serve you better in your life is if you know someone is coming over to your home. Again, keeping it simple, a simple prayer. Bless so-and-so who's coming to visit me. May their family members be blessed. May their travels be safe. Mm. You know, just simple things. When when they arrive, depending on the reason they're coming, because sometimes people are coming over, and it's not always for a pleasant, you know, a pleasant occasion, Mm -hmm. may we receive each other in a kind manner. Right. You know, and again, I, I, I always say, simple, keep it simple, and say those prayers. And, you, you know, after you say those prayers, then go around and, you know, with your, with your dust mop and whatever and dust and do whatever you have to do. But that preps your home better to receive a guest 
than the aesthetics, making it look Absolutely. beautiful. And that preps your home Absolutely. better because you're sending that positive energy. Absolutely. You're sending that energy of the I am presence mm-hmm. out into the atmosphere. Yeah, we've all been to many homes which were pristine, but the energy that was there, the way you felt when you entered the home, was very, very uncomfortable. And that's because of the, what uh, Dr. Dora was just mentioning. Uh, the people were not dealing with in a state of, of uh, inner peace and inner love. They were dealing with in, in a state of uh, disorder internally. We, I have the concept that I embrace that we are actually spiritual beings having a human experience as opposed to humans having, at times, on occasion, a spiritual experience. And many of us, depending on what religion you observe and what spiritual orientation you have, we know that indeed certain days are special days for one to congregate and to come together to worship and to meditate and pray and chant and so forth. But then there are those of us who understand that indeed your waking state should be a continual prayer, a continual sense of being reverenced and reverence to the Most High, and, 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 and being blessed by your angels, by your spiritual guides, spiritual guardians, and the ancestors. And that's something that I think uh, we can talk about in future shows and, and really have a dialogue. And, and we encourage you to uh, purchase books, which I would be recommending at the following show. I'm going to write a list of books, which... Um, I would recommend that you consider purchasing so that you can read them and also share them with uh, your family members and friends and and those who are are receptive to sharing those thoughts. Because this is a time right now, especially that we're sheltered in place and and, and have a lot of time to spend at home, uh, that we not be, as I mentioned about Brother Benjamin earlier in the show, that we don't become absorbed into looking at media, uh, media, social media, uh, playing video games and, and looking at television and, and just really absorbing our time, which is, can be uh, relaxing to some degree, but uh, not optimizing um, your, your time in a healthy way. Well, I say it's all about balance. Yes. I would say it's all about balance. We should balance our mental, our physical, and our spiritual. And so what, what feeds the mind, what feeds the mind, you know, think about, learn spiritual matters. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, for that balance, if someone wants to, you know, watch a sitcom or play a couple of video games, that's great. But like you said, you know, don't be completely absorbed yes. in those Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Balance is the key. Yes. And then with the physical, think about your diet. Think about what you're eating. We all we all know what we should eat and what we should not eat. Right? And so try to be balanced. I know they talk about a quote unquote balanced diet in the um medical magazines and whatnot. Some of us, you know, what what really is a balanced diet? You we, you have to look at what's a balanced diet for you, because I've learned that many people, you know, even though we advocate for veganism, I you know many people have told me, well, their doctor said that 
they're allergic to certain types of vegetables and whatnot. So I would never suggest to anyone, you know, what you should or should not eat, but I, but I will mention certain things such as it's no secret, just go on YouTube, go on the news, go on Netflix, any, any book, they will say sugar destroys your health. You should not excess with sugar. Certain things like sugar, um, high fructose corn syrup, which is another name for sugar, things like that. We, we know, you know, you've heard it somewhere along the way that that is no good for you. So if you're stressed out, because of the pandemic, it's tempting to binge out on those donuts. Don't yeah. do it. Right. Don't do it. Right? Try to eat in a more healthful of healthful way because that also assists with those who might be depressed. Yes, we, we have uh, a predominance of, of, of illnesses and diseases within uh, people of color, the community of people of color, uh, such as diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, heart disease, uh, and and sugar uh, is one of the most uh, biggest culprits in terms of uh, challenging us to have a healthy diet so that we don't succumb to a chronic illness. Uh, we have to be mindful that when we buy things off the shelf, uh, there's you have to Google this but it's been determined that uh, men can only recommend, it's recommended that they consume a certain amount of sugar in terms of grams, uh, and those grams can be 24, 26. You, you have to research this, and hopefully uh, when you tune in next week, I will have a list that's recommended. And by the way, we're not doctors. We're not medical doctors. We are practitioners in uh, and, 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 and health and healing. And we have a lifestyle that we consider to be relatively uh, healthy, and we're constantly improving upon it. But we know that, indeed, uh, if you do your research, women should be uh, consuming a certain amount of nutrients, uh, abstaining from things like sugar and, and, and other uh, uh, aspects of food that you consume that will, may not be beneficial to you, and men also as well. But uh, we have to be mindful that when you uh, come into this world as a baby, you know that indeed the doctor tells you that you, the woman particularly, and I'm not going to exclude the man, but speaking about the woman uh, who gives, who's about to give birth, this is before birth, that she has to have a healthy body in order to assure that the baby is born as healthy as possible. And the same thing applies to the, the, the father, that he has to have a healthy body uh, because of the process of conception. So we should not change that consciousness uh, once we become adults. Uh, we should understand, and indeed, that information is, is uh, important because of the fact we're talking about maintaining, establishing and maintaining a healthy body. And right now, as I mentioned in the title of the show, we have the potential of us becoming addicted uh, and abusing alcohol and other drugs to, uh, to mediate, uh, to lessen uh, the stress and the challenge and, and, and that we're going through with this crisis of the pandemic. 
So we have to understand that, that indeed we know that it's not easy to abstain and some of us can imbibe in moderation and not be negatively impacted. But overall, we as a community, we have been suffering from, from that uh, overconsumption and lack of discipline before the pandemic and indeed during the pandemic, which has been now uh, going on 12 months or so, we are still being challenged in so many ways that we can never imagine. Uh, we have variants that are now have been discovered, so many of us are becoming lax. Uh, I think the word fatigue is something that's being shared uh, by the, uh, the scientific community, and we cannot afford to be fatigued, because I know it's understandable that it can be very challenging to maintain your being alert and to follow the instructions, but wearing a mask, and in this time they're talking about wearing two masks, not just one, and social distancing, uh, having uh, sanitary wipes um, on you in person in your car, uh, at the entrance of your door when you come home, when you go into a public domain, uh, that indeed you take those clothes, clothes off and wash them as soon as possible. And of course, your shoes, take them off at the vestibule. Do not track through the home with your shoes on because there's a propensity that you will be carrying the virus with you at, uh, on, on the soles of your, of, your, of your shoes as well as on your clothes. So this is not to, to, to panic anyone. But it's just about, you know, using a certain amount of uh, proportion uh, with, with the common sense in terms of saying that, indeed, you need to do whatever possible to assure that, in, that you're not impacted with the, uh, with, with, uh, uh, the argument of being uh, contaminated by the virus. So I want to also just back up a moment in terms of the importance of of how we raise our children and, and, and why, uh, as Sister San uh, Sobofu states, that indeed our um, most important attribute that we have to have in our community is the respect of our children and our elders. Uh, the, one of the reasons is because the children bring a, a rebirth, as it were, no pun intended, that they bring in energy uh, from the other side, as it were, and they are able to con make a continued uh, uh, journey and the betterment of the community to, to advance the community. And of course, the elder is the one who has the wisdom, which is able to be shared with, with the child, so that indeed that child can, can uh, if there's any negative aspects of the village, that knowing that each generation has the ability to heal the wounds of the previous generations, and we must uh, be willing to visit our own wounds. Otherwise, our children would have to live under those burdens. So we have prospective parents. They are encouraged to make a journey to the place where they were born, to the place where the uh, placenta they once held them was buried, and they have a tradition where they buried it, the placenta and a certain outskirts of the village. And it's recommended that, that that place be born. We can't do that in the modern uh, society, as it were, 
but indeed perhaps to envision that that uh, that we can do that and go back to uh, a, a a place in our psyche of us being born before we were born, and of course the parents being able to do that. These are things that uh, I think would be very beneficial to the community that we go back to our African roots, our African traditions, which proved to be uh, very beneficial. Um, the community holds a communal giveaway uh, in the form of a feast uh, when the couple wishing their child uh, into the community. So, yes, we have celebrations, but that feast uh, sometimes includes unhealthy food. Uh, we have holidays within the Western society that can be to our detriment. And, indeed, we have to understand that every time um, I have a, a, a ancestor a uh, friend who I knew um, not too not too long. We we had a short uh, experience in, in in the earthly plane of of our friendship, but he he shared a wealth of information, and uh, I met him in in the park, a local park here in Brooklyn, uh, and during this march, I think it was a march dealing with uh, the cancer uh, prevention. And, and he happened to share with, uh, with me that, indeed, he suffered from diabetes. And he says that we're all one uh, meal away from being inflicted with diabetes. And he, what he meant by that was that unless we're conscious of the amount of sugar that we intake, and if we just, you know, carefree with that, that, indeed, without having any uh, medical examination, et cetera, et cetera, that you could become impacted ne negatively with diabetes. And the same thing holds true with when we consume alcohol and other drugs. We're just one drink away, one consumption away from being negatively impacted by uh, the, the consumption of alcohol and other drugs. So we have to be mindful about the amount that we consume and and about the the uh, uh, people that we associate who excessively uh, consume alcohol and other drugs. You don't even have to take it with them. You don't even have to consume it. It's just being in an association with people who have that particular mindset. They're thinking on a certain plane. They're contemplating their life and, and their journey on a certain level that perhaps may not be beneficial, may not be healthy. So we have to always remain cognizant of the fact that indeed our association can have either a positive benefit to us or a negative result. I'm going to take another short break, and I want to thank you again for tuning in, and I'll be back with you shortly.
back. This is your host, Barbara Wesley Gray, speaking with you uh, on Grassroots Holistic Health Talk Radio Show. And uh, we're about coming to the end of the show, and, and I'd like to uh, share with you uh, more about what we, are, uh, we covered earlier today, and indeed we will uh, in our next show. So be uh, sure to tune in next week at the same time at 5 o'clock and uh, look for it to be posted on Facebook. And um, it's been a pleasure uh, with you uh, listening in. Again, um, I end as we begin that uh, may we not be tempted to stray from love. And as we begin this week, we open to receive you. And we please enter where you already abide. And may our minds and hearts be pure and true. And may we not deviate from the things of goodness. May we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks we all wear and the illusions of this word and flame. We surrender to you our doings this evening. And we ask only that they serve you in the healing of the world. Thank you. Namaste, alafia, assalamu alaikum, hotep, and peace and love. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.